Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Snap Tackle Pod Day, everybody. We are back, Dan Clisseau of Preps KC, Mick Schaefer of KCHB 41, going to the final week of football in Kansas, the second to last week of football here in Missouri. It's a fun, fun time, a great time to be playing football, great time to celebrate the holiday with your family. It's the best holiday. It is yeah. the best holiday. Thanks. It's, it's a fact. It should be in fact books out there. There's no opinion allowed that says – at least it should say where uh, Thanksgiving's not the best holiday. If I were to become world leader, there's two things I'd do. Well, three things, three things, maybe not in this order. I'd make Thanksgiving an entire week. My wife is a teacher. She got the entire week off. Um, I don't think you should have to go to school for that entire week. It's, you can travel and do whatever you want to do. Two, not that I care anymore because mine's too old to do it after this year. Halloween would be the last Saturday in the month of October. Fair enough. And Super Bowl Sunday would no longer exist. It's Saturday. It'd be Super Bowl Saturday night. Absolutely. Those are the three things. I'm still 13 days to prepare for it. Yes. And everybody can really go out and celebrate on Saturday night, not to worry about going home early from the parties or go, getting home. Getting the, the, only on other, the only other thing that would, would change my mentality on that, and I think this is probably a bigger possibility than ever being Super Bowl Saturday, is if – they add one more week to the regular season, which there's always talk of an 18th game, which would push that into President's Day weekend, which is a, a most a lot of people get that Monday off anyway. So that's doing? the that's the thing. I, I I I'm telling you, I know for you that just says, extends your uh, season. Seventeen hell. down. They'll never go back to sixteen, but sixteen was the right amount of games. Sixteen was the perfect amount of games. Yeah. Uh, well, if I was president, I'd make every holiday uh, Thursday. So you're going to have a four-day weekend. Four-day weekends are great. Right. Every holiday is on Thursday. Nothing better than a four-day weekend. And you get your food, you get your football, you get your July fellowship. 4th, all that kind of stuff, everything. Thursday. Also, when Thanksgiving's over this weekend, Dion, you still have Christmas and New Year's to look forward to. Two other great holidays. So. Yes, yes. That's the best holiday. And uh, we have high school football as well. Yes. Um, State championships on one side, semifinals on the other. Yeah, so on the Kansas side where we have championships – Let's start in uh, 4A. Uh, the Kansas City area has three teams left vying for championships in 45 and 6A. We'll start in 4A. Where it's Aquinas, I mean, uh, I could I could see the uh, the 4A, uh, other other towns and teams from across Kansas, their eyes rolling out of their heads because, what, two years ago was St. James when they're second straight. Then Miege last year, now here's Aquinas looking for a, a state title. I think it would be six, seven, eight, nine. This would be 10 in a row by a – uh, Johnson County Catholic School. If, if Aquinas were to win in 4A, and and you know, hats off to them. Uh, you know, they had some injuries in the season, and they have come out and played their best football. And their defense is dominating, and offensively, they're playing really well. And uh, you know, Tong and Oxy had a great run, um, but they were out of that game pretty quick uh, on on Friday night. And I think Aquinas is the uh, very big favorite over Andover Central. Took out yeah, and, and you bring up the defense. I think it's been the best part of Aquinas' yeah. team here, here lately. And, you know, it's the it's the flex bone. You think of this kind of unstoppable force of an offense that is the case a lot of times with Aquinas. But, I mean, it, they could score. They could have scored, I don't know, 21 points the last several weeks, right? And still yeah. won everything. Oh, yeah, easily, easily. Uh, like I said, their defense and, and you know, Key and Payne uh, anchors that defensive line. And, and they've been, you know, when you talk to coaches, it's that they're, they're front – four front five and you know front seven are so good that they can play a kind of vanilla if you're a passing team they know they're going to get home with four or they're going to stuff your run and so it allows them to kind of flood the zone uh, and their d-backs don't have to do a lot of different things they could play really vanilla back there and be athletic and just go make plays and, and that defense has really 
uh, the key to what they're doing. But they've also had some guys step in, like Cole Richardson, um, and and do some good things on offense from the running back position who weren't playing running back. Uh, Gianni Rizzi is back, uh, so that helps them as well. But uh, no, they're they're doing a lot of good things on offense and defense. And and turns out that Randy Dryling can coach a little. Uh, he's 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 done a few things before Going for the past. a title in his third uh, third different division, right? He's that would be five true. All right, five eight six eight. He did a four eight title um, before they go back up to five eight next year. But uh, no, he he and his staff have done a fantastic job and. Um, hats off to them, especially with the, the injuries that they suffered uh, in that Rockers game during the regular season to, to bounce back from that um, and, and get kids healthy and have kids step in and, and do things. It's been uh, been very remarkable, uh, not unexpected, because I think at the beginning of the season, we all thought it was they were going to be a very good football team. Uh, but to face that adversity, come through it and have kids step up and, and, and a, what is a non-star driven team. Uh, and that says a lot about those kids. Yeah, it seems like the stars are up front on the defensive side, mm-hmm. right? With Marks and uh, and Payne, and those guys are d- Division One level uh, uh, defensive linemen. And and really, I mean, flipping the script on on uh, on Miege was, yes. was a big deal, right? Just uh, two close, low scoring games this year. Miege got the first one. Uh, Aquinas got the most important one. Yep. Yeah. The, and they, uh, like I said, they're playing the best football of, the, of anybody uh, right now. And they took out some teams that were also playing really well in Baser and Miege and um, Tongi the last few weeks and and they, uh, I, you know, there's no fluke here with Aquinas the way they play. Um, they are the best team in 4A, and I think they will finish that off on Saturday uh, down yeah. in Topeka. Not down in Topeka, across in Topeka. Yeah. Everything else is down. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is down. Yeah, it's cross. It's cross in uh, Across in Topeka. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll go down to Pittsburgh for 5A this week. Uh, Mill Valley taking on Cape and Mount Carmel out of Wichita. Game of the century. Game of the millennium. Uh, uh, pretty close, pretty close. Valley and Blue Valley Southwest. Walk-offs are, walk-offs are fun. Um, and The whole game was fun. That's what, I, to me, made it the greatest. I mean, it was a track meet. The first half was a track meet. 35 I thought I left to go get Henry uh, from basketball practice and uh, was talking to Cole Young, and we were texting back and forth because you know, I was watching the game, and I said, man, Mill Valley's just running all over. You got a couple stops early. Got that first stop, which was kind of the – the mental thing, I think, for that Mill Valley defense, can we get a stop? They got a stop and jumped out to the big lead and then couldn't stop them, and they were stopping Mill Valley. Uh, and Blue Valley Southwest just answered, 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 answered. And then Mill Valley got the got the score, got the stop when they needed to, and then, of course, with three seconds left, Daniel Blaine dives into the end zone, arms yeah. straight up in the air. He gets dogpiled. And, of course, the one thing that is becoming more of a story in the last few days is the scene of one Gus Hawkins hugging yeah. the Blue Valley Southwest player. Did you help him up? Is that what he did? He, uh, yeah, he helped him up. So Gus Hawkins, he's uh, he just got moved up to a four-star, I believe, in the uh, number one, at least by on three, the number one <clears throat> recruit in the state of Kansas for the 2024 class. He's going to Kansas State, left tackle in Mill Valley. Um, yeah, so what happened was the guy Gus was blocking kind of flushed Blaine out. He got a good pass rush. Gus was able to get there and just kind of block him down, just kind of lay on him. and But that flushed Blaine to the right, and all the action from Mill Valley was to the left, right? And I think that's where the play was supposed to go because yeah. you saw Blaine's head move that way. The entire defense shifts that way. All of a sudden, Blaine is flushed out. He looks, and he's like, I've got, I've got green in front of me. <laughs> he's the fastest guy on the team uh, for Mill Valley. Him and uh, the, the, the uh, kicker. Kent Lofman, I think they're two, four, five guys. And it's funny because Blaine's also uh, Mill Valley's punter. So the punter and the kicker are the two fastest guys for uh, 
from Mill Valley on the team. And he just took off. Got a, uh, a block by um, enough of a block by Andy Watts, a receiver out there on the edge, and was able to, to dive through an arm tackle there. And right in front of all the Mill Valley alumni who were standing there getting video on their phone. And uh, guys are so proud of them. Of course, the current Mill Valley guys are, feel the weight of the, the streak and all they've done on it to do it right there in that end zone. And that part of it was, it was storybook. That's why I've said it. Like we've, we've seen walk off endings, right? Mm-hmm. But first of all, most of them are in overtime. Um, and we've seen great final, final drives and everything. But I don't know if we've seen from start to finish a game like that. Because you, as a track meet, at one time you thought Mill Valley's going to run away with this. At the other time you thought Blue Valley Southwest is going to run away with this. And you have a walk-off touchdown, right, in regulation to win by one. It's the And it's the, what would it be, the uh, 95th point scored uh, in that game. And for, for, I mean, just – to the two, I think, best teams in 5A in Kansas mm-hmm. this year. And to the to get to state the magnitude of it all, of it all, still obviously a some place from Mill Valley. So we're still on cloud nine here. But uh the yeah, it was it was for, fun uh, to watch Southwest. That was um they're they're just loaded, uh especially on offense and and uh Dylan Dunn got my vote for uh for Simone Award. Just uh just I think he's got the you know, he's got the stats. He had the wins and just the eye test as well, just seeing him and seeing how much he's improved because he's been a three-year starter for uh, Blue Valley Southwest. Uh, so I uh, know a lot of those families over there, Blue Valley Southwest, and heartbreaks for them. Yeah, uh, but the, the, so it's, back to guess, though. He, I mean, they're all – they're all both teams are all good kids. And, uh, yeah. and trust me, there's no – nobody was uh, – I don't think anybody outside of Western Shawnee was pulling for Mill Valley to get a fifth straight trip to the uh, championship <laughs> game. But it's it's new. It's a new team for Mill Valley. There were 17 new starters. There's a whole new senior class that's experienced it for the first time. So it's uh it's 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 not old hat for for Mill Valley. I can tell you that. Well, and and you know, like I said, Hawkins picked him up and, and hugs him. And in the the scene between Coach Appleby and Coach O'Rourke was, you know, the look on Appleby's face wasn't even so much that he was thrilled. He was almost <laughs> consoling. They're both on the board right. of the coach association, but you know, they know each other well. And, and uh, so no, it's a, it, it's a, it's a tough thing. I, I've been on both sides of it as well. And um, 2006, um, my nephew was playing at Blue Springs. Uh, my now sister-in-law was the manager for Blue Springs South. They played in the quarterfinal. It was a one score game. Blue Springs led at halftime. And, and as my sister-in-law was just thrilled, she's crying because they won. They would go on to win a state championship and be undefeated. Um, she has a, a state championship ring from that, which I told her she should get because it was the only chance her father was going to have for mm-hmm. one of his children of the four daughters to have a football championship, to purchase a football championship ring. Uh, at the same time, my nephew, um, they came up short in the quarterfinals. Um, and so he was crying. I you know, consoled him after that game and, uh, it was, you know, two different things. It was fun to be on the field for that one and, and uh, watch that game with my um, now wife at the time we were just dating. Uh, but no, it's, it's tough. It's tough on both sides, but that's, that's what you do it for. Even if you don't get the win, if you go yeah. out there and lay it all on the line, that's what you do it for. And that's what, that's what high school football and high school sports should teach you. Um, and it'll be, it'll be a while. It'll stay for those blue eyes Southwest kids for a while. But eventually, yeah. I think they'll look back and be like, "Man, I was, co- it, was it was cool to be a part of, you know." And, and if Mill Valley goes on and wins the state championship, especially if they were to <laughs> uh, blow out Cape, and um, they'll go, "Hey, you know, we were right there," and and that means yeah. something. That you know, it, they don't, you know, 
they they don't give you a, tr- a trophy as much in football for you know third place or set you know losing the semis right. like they do in <clears throat> some of those but uh it's it's still a great achievement to get to that semifinal level and and, and put everything yeah. on the line well like like i told my son i was like i mean they're they're already calling this maybe the best game they've ever aired on spectrum right yeah. and they've had some amazing games um on that uh on that channel because they have one every single week they go to the playoffs and everything i'm like I'm like, you might appreciate it now, but they'll be talking about this game for decades and decades. And you'd be like, you know what? I played in that game. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was a part of that. And uh, that can be said for everybody. Everybody, whether they were on the field or uh, on the sideline or, uh, you know, on the on the winning end or the losing end. Or, you know, I here's the deal. I was watching it downstairs and it was time for Henry to go to bed at the end there because, you know, it was a three and a half hour game. Um, long game. It was a long game. And uh, I went upstairs and was like, we need to watch the end of this together on that last drop. Uh, and so my wife and I and, and, and Henry watched the end of it. And I was like, cause I want, I said, I want you to watch this. This is, this is something special that's happening here and make yeah. sure he, he watched it. And uh, I was an epic know. last drive. I mean, there were a lot of plays and uh, a lot of things. I mean, there are a million little things that go into to getting a win and that absolutely in that game. And there's some, there's some uh, calls or no calls on both sides where people were like, about this um but that's what makes what makes it a great game and so yeah it was it was amazing i was hey. uh but my, my my oldest son was a sophomore on the um 2019 mobile team that upset in that round st thomas aquinas and um it reminded me of that game it was a walk-off touchdown but aquinas won 25 straight games and that one was in uh in overtime uh walk-off touchdown and it's very very similar feeling so um uh blessed to be a part of that can't wait to go back down to uh pittsburgh this this week and uh it's after playing dylan dunn and blue eye southwest to find out that capen doesn't really throw the ball we're like at all oh my god they're like oh <laughs> they just hand it off they're running backs amazing right but we're like <laughs> okay they just keep the ball we're good. we're good keep it on the ground we'll, we'll we'll test it out there better because uh in a loss right he threw for uh Almost 500 yards and five touchdowns and yeah. no picks. Uh, as as are the both offenses were amazing. Uh, and just diff- different styles, no turnovers. Everybody's so clean. Everybody's so focused. And um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. All right, let's move on. This is my uh, personal round. Everybody's ready for us to move on. Uh, 6A in Kansas is Gardner Edgerton uh, taking on Derby. You got kind of the old guard and the new guard here. Yeah. We're going to have a, is, 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 we're gonna have a, a exchanging of the baton or something like that in 6A, uh, but a Gardner Edgerton team that, that I've seen uh, firsthand, a lot of film on too as well, their defense doesn't get enough credit and it showed oh. up big against a Blue Valley team that was rolling and uh, and Gardner was able to shut their offense down. Yeah, gave up a field goal. We're down 3 nothing, then then won the game 35-3 to and it was not even close at halftime. <laughs> it was over at halftime and that is a very, very – focused and talented Gardner Hendrickson team. Uh, you know, well, yeah. you worry they're, about they're Derby long, uh, because Derby's got the pedigree, been there, done that. Brandon Clark, uh, you know, him and his cousin are used to going and playing in state championship games because Joe Oppelby's yeah. cousin. Uh, yeah. So they're, they're, they're all used to doing that. But I think that this Gardner Hendrickson team is is put together very well. Uh, they're well coached. Um, they're, they're executing at a high level. Um, and, you know, there's always some worries sometimes. Um, if they t- turn the ball over, but I don't know if their defense is going to allow teams to really be a part of, they haven't allowed really anybody in the yeah. postseason to be a part of the conversation. And if you can't score, you can't win. Uh, it's a funny game, but if you only score six points like Blue Valley Northwest did or three points like Blue Valley, you're going to lose the majority of, the, of those games. So 
um, with that defense holding teams down. I, I I really like Gardner. I I think it's a good chance of a clean sweep for Kansas City in in four A, five A, and six A this weekend yeah. in Kansas. And it'd be two um, two sunflower teams going for tie. I don't know the last time two sunflower teams won, or if it's ever happened because well, most of them yeah, are all in six A. They're all in six A. <laughs> There's only been until Mill Valley joined. Uh, I think Shiny Mich- South was down for a year in five A, but uh, no, it's. I, as long as I can. Usually, that's usually EKL's game, right? Yeah. The EKL likes to they want to try and sweep six A, five A, and four A, and uh, I think they I don't know if they have they've gotten close. They got you know a lot of times they've gotten guys there teams there every year. Uh, but yeah, chance for uh, to uh, for Sunflower League. I have to look back and see the year that Blue Valley North or Northwest I, I, they they did sweep in the year Blue Valley Northwest Mill Valley and uh, St James two years ago. But Mill Valley was not in the EK. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. Forget about that. Uh, and, and 17, did, uh, wait, did North win in 17 or 18? They you won know, 18. If there was only a website, what I could check while we're sitting here. I think 18, it might have happened because you had Blue Valley North in 6A, you had Aquinas in 5A, and you would have had Miege in 4A. You had uh, 18 with Blue Valley North lost to Derby. Oh. Uh, and Aquinas won. So in 17, it didn't happen 17 because Aquinas, because lost Aquinas lost in 17. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe it has it, Unless it was a, a Blue Valley class six win. They lost to Derby twice. Shinamishan East. Shinamishan East. Shinamishan what? No, I don't think it's been. It's it's tough to make that sweep. It is. And, I mean, you got to have, obviously, teams in all different uh, – classes to make it happen uh but for Gardner I mean it's it's been almost a year that they've had to you know dwell on and live with that that loss on the final play in overtime the yeah. two-point conversion losing by one I talked to Jesse Owen I asked him the question preseason he's like he's like uh he's like uh okay so you and everybody else still asking me about that I'm like yeah, <laughs> um but it, it's what happens right it's what happens when you get that far and every little decision is magnified and uh so now a chance to go and kind of yeah, pick them up, pick that team up, and uh, get it back, and, and and get a state title. And like this I said, they, the first for Gardner, right? This will be a good first for Gardner. You know, yeah. if you wanted to hang on to the former EKL members sweep, because Gardner used to be in the EKL for a hot minute there for a few years, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I they have been as impressive as anybody. Uh, you can't. I mean, you just can't. Yeah, one little uh, one little loss to late the East, um, and you know. It's hard to go undefeated, man. It's hard yeah. to. Well, that's they, they were coming off. 13, weren't they coming 15. off of, of the like a back to back or almost like two and three games of Mill Valley and Olathe they North? They had and, Mill Valley that are like the North. I think another maybe one of the Lawrences. I believe. Yeah. So they uh, they they were in a, a spot where they not right, but they're high school kids, uh, and sometimes it's tough to get out there every week. And Olathe East is a good football team, and and beat them that week. But that I don't. That may have been the worst thing for everyone else. <laughs> Because they have been just crushing people since yeah. that day. I mean, I don't know if they needed a wake-up call or if that was a wake-up call or if that was some little bit of refocusing, but they have definitely been it's even been more dominant. football. The compliment of uh, a dominating offense uh, complimenting a dominating uh, defense. Yes, yes. Uh, so. All right, let's skip over to um, – Missouri class one North Platte they're in your coverage area right yeah Dino? North Platte um they they have made it to the semifinals and this is a team coached by Jared Quigley who played at Staley uh was on their 2011 state championship team and along with his brother I think was on that team as well uh he's doing a fantastic job with that program they are not that far removed from ending like a 30 or 40 game losing streak 
Oh, really? Wow. And so last year they had a winning season, um, kind of got things turned around in his first year. And then this year uh, they've, they've done a good job. You know, they had East Big Cannon in their, in their conference. So they've got a, a loss there, but the, they really uh, have been pretty dominant. And last week uh, they did a, a great job in that game. They get Milan this week who edged Penny, who's another 13 to um, 12, 13 to 12. Uh, and Penny played, Penny played East or played North Platte tough in the regular season and thought we were going to have an all KCI uh, semifinal there, but uh, it didn't work out. But Penny does a, does a, is a pretty traditional team and they do a good job. So, but uh, North Platte's, uh, they get to play at home, play the entire playoffs at home. Uh, so you can't beat that. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's going to be a good chance for them to go and, and get a chance to win a state championship in class one. Now, Marionville's on the other side. They're pretty talented, pretty athletic. Uh, but uh, no, for North Platte's where they were, where these seniors were just mm-hmm. two years ago or three years ago, um, says a lot about them sticking with it because it's tough when you get down. A, a team like Plattsburgh that was in that league, they went to eight man this year. And that's where a lot of, t- you know, teams in class one, when they get down, they have to, you know, their numbers will drop because there's not participation. They, they didn't do that. They stayed with it. They broke the streak. Uh, they got it going uh, last year under, under coach Quigley and then and really got it going this year. Um, and, and it, you know, the, the reclassification helped schools like North Platte. When you take the East Buchanan, the bigger old class one teams, your Adrian, your East Buchanan's uh, you take them and move them up class two it helps those schools that are a little smaller um have some chance to to get some success and that will hopefully stem the tide of some of them going to eight man um and also just help them build uh you know more kids coming out when they see hey look we're winning playoff games we're winning games uh, Mm -hmm. and that will help help those things but north Platte, great great on them um uh, great job looking forward uh this weekend we're gonna have great coverage of that game and, and it should be a good one yeah, a lot of times the, the the thing that saves you from dropping down to eight man isn't really school size; it's participation rate. Yeah. Right? And uh, you bring up a good point there. All right, in class two, were you surprised to see East Buck go down to Bowling Green? Uh, Bowling Green's got a kid who rushed for like four hundred yards the week before. They're pretty talented. Yeah. And I think they may be the best team, um, and they're playing really well. East Buck has been has been banged up um, the last few weeks, and uh, you know I think that they they ran into a, a Bowling Green team and. You know, and East Buck plays a schedule that plays class two and class one. Um, and sometimes when you are playing that third or fourth class two game, uh, it, the, the numbers will wear. That that being said, East Buck's got great numbers and great coaching. Um, just a great run for them. Two state championships in, in a row. And then to get the quarterfinals this year was a fantastic achievement. Um, being undefeated at that point. Uh, Lamar taking out Lafayette County was not stunning. Um, because Lafayette, you know, Lamar has handled pretty much everybody. Uh, I think you saw what what Lamar does. It was close early, and then mm-hmm. their pure numbers and just you know rolling out carbon copy players and substitute you know did that all look the same and play the same. They, their depth just wears you down, and much like the week before against Adrian, uh, Lamar got that done. So no class two can't see teams. We're we're all done in class two. Uh, so the donut hole game on Saturday will not feature any any can't uh, see teams. Nice. Yeah, that's disappointing. Not nice. It's uh, disappointing, but uh, great season as uh, what East Buck was looking for a third straight. Yeah, they they were trying to pull off something that Penny did back about ten years ago. Penny won a class one, got bumped up to class two, and then one. two years later went back down to class one and won a class <laughs> one. So, uh, you know, Penny had Penny was at school that was right on that line there for a few years and um, did that. And it's not easy to do. Um, you know. It definitely definitely showed that uh, that that program East Buchanan is is up and running and 
uh, going to be one to, to keep an eye on, you know, as they go yeah. forward in class two the next few years. And Lafayette County is always good. <laughs> we have St. Pius uh, rolling along here. A nice win, I thought, over Odessa, 42 to, to, seven, to, to 7. Never really uh, close. And shout out Seneca, who they're playing. I found out where Seneca was, uh, Dion. Uh, apparently in Missouri, but I think Oklahoma, Kansas, and Arkansas can also lay claim to Seneca. It's so close to, especially Oklahoma. Uh, uh, so you're way closer to way Tulsa. down there. You're way closer to Tulsa than you are North Kansas City, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have done that trip um, back in 1995. Well, I've done that. We, uh, we, do, we ride the river down at Knoll, Missouri, so we passed the, uh, I guess, the exit maybe for Seneca. So Knoll's even deeper down in there yeah. to where it's like, what state are we in? You never know. It just depends on which direction you're looking. Well, Jeff City saved uh, Kearney a trip to Anderson, which is further south and east of, of Seneca. In well, we've had a couple. What town is it down there, down by uh, Cape Girardeau, way, way down there, down by the in the Kentucky Bend, southeast? Uh, uh, Odessa had to go to Kennett. Kennett, that's it. Back. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the one where I, I was literally looking, trying to – at first I was trying to get someone – from St. Louis to cover it. And then I was like looking at it and I'm like, yeah. or I should call someone in Memphis. Maybe Memphis. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think Memphis is way close. You know, you get down the boot hill. Missouri's much- crazy, right? I mean, it, I think borders eight states. Yeah. Um, it's got part of Kentucky inside of it. Um, there's a lot. In between. Missouri's not all the same. There's a lot of different terrain and everything. And depending on what side and where you live in Missouri. You got a little bit uh, of everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got rivalries all over the place and uh, towns and everything. Uh, so yeah, so Seneca... And St. Pius, I like, I mean, yeah, I like St. Pius. I, I can't imagine Seneca's play the schedule of St. Pius. Well, they play the Lamars and and people like, they beat Lamar and okay. people like that. So they've got a pretty good schedule, but Pius plays a good schedule too. I, I think it's, I think it's an even matchup. I I like the the athletes uh, that that uh, St. Pius has and that their attack right now, you can't, you can't do one thing defensively against them because Hudson Bailey and Tommy Hutzler, um, the, the quarterback Hudson Bailey, um, having an outstanding year. Uh, uh, Tommy Hustle, the receivers, had 1,000 yards. They've got two tailbacks, Larry Cascone, who's been their kind of workhorse all, all year long, and then now Charles Ross had four touchdowns for him last week. So they, they hit you with a lot of different things. Defensively, they're as good as – I mean, to, to shut down that Odessa offense that had proven it could score on anybody mm-hmm. um, is very impressive. Now, they're going to be tested because Seneca wants to get wide splits and run the ball at you. Um, that it's going to be physical, um, which is a lot like they were in 1995. So evidently the world has not changed in Seneca since the last time I was there. Hey you man, know, so it works in these small towns sometimes. 28 years on. ago. Jeez. Uh, no. And that's the one I've told the story many times. Uh, it had been that week of that game. It, it's the old semifinal. So it would have been the week before Thanksgiving. It was kind of unseasonably cold in Kansas city that week. I think the highs were in the thirties all week long and i, I went down to a couple of Oak Grove practices to get ready for that game and um they were practicing in cold damp weather all week long uh at the end of that week a little nice little warm warming trend was coming into the midwest well we left blue springs at, and it was 20 degrees that saturday morning drove all the way down to seneca and at game time at 1 p.m in seneca missouri it was 85 degrees Wow. Um, the Oak Grove kids who had practiced in the cold all week long were throwing up on the sidelines <laughs> oh, because no. of the heat. Uh, they were not, they definitely were not heat acclimated uh, the week before Thanksgiving in November of 1995. Um, you know, get ready to play that game and send a, you know, wide splits, ran the ball straight at them. It was still a close game. Uh, Oak Grove got beat. Um, it's really until they went to the state championship game in 2014, one of their best teams they'd had 
Elk Grove in a long time, but uh, that was a fun team to watch. But Seneca would go on to win the state championship that year. Um, yeah. And and the joke is, it's more Oklahoma than it is. Um, I mean, it, it borders on Oklahoma. Yeah, it's more Oklahoma than it is Missouri. Is the is yeah. kind of the, the talk about Seneca. Um, all right, here we go. Class four. You've got Carney and Jeff City. Yep. Uh, playing each other. And as yeah. we both know, we we have listeners from you know people tune in from capital to capital. Yeah. Um, we got a big following in Jeff City and uh, Hillsboro and Luther North on the. On the I other think Luther side North is probably probably coming up the other side of that. Carney, great win over Nevada. Um, and, dominant. Uh, and they've dominant. been. I mean, that's it's they broke the playoffs. I mean. You know, sixteen point win over Smithville, but yeah, Smithville's really good. Carney, I feel like they're playing their best football. The one thing that Jeff City brings is they've got a couple guys with big time speed. I talked with uh, Justin Hamilton, the Pleasant Hill coach, and he goes, "You know, they were right there with him. They 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 got down fourteen nothing early, but then you know made up the stagger. But they never got the lead in that game. And he said that what Jeff City had that gave them probably had a couple kids with some really good speed. And he said, and he said that for Pleasant Hill, that's their problem. They don't have a ton of speed." And the teams that they've lost to over the last two years are Jeff City, who has speed, yeah, Warrensburg, who has some speed, and Center, who has speed. <laughs> you know, last yeah. year. So you know, well, and both of uh, Jeff City's won their last two games, same score, thirty-seven, thirty-four, including yeah. that one. Uh, at McDonald County, they were they were down at McDonald County, and um, Jeff City did Carney a huge favor, chopped a couple hours off the bus ride easily. Um, so you know, Carney's uh, got Carney's got some work in front of them. Uh, you know, I I've been skeptical of Jeff City, but they're playing pretty well, and the people I talk to that that's a pretty good team. So. Um, you know, they came and beat Pleasant Hill and they went down, they've been a road warrior. So, you know, they get to play in Pete Atkins stadium, which is one of the more, you know, storied places to play. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a big high school football stadium. That's where they hold state trek in Missouri is at that stadium. Mm. So it's a, it's a good size stadium. And they, I would assume the, the townspeople in Jeff city will be out for this game. This is the deepest they've been in a long, long, long time. Yeah. Um, but Carney travels well too. So, uh, it's going to be a, a kind of a big one on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, class five, man. It's weird. It's it's quiet. There's no Kansas City teams in no, uh, and, and the part final of that's, four, class five. Part of that's, uh, you know, when you move up a, a, a San Joe Central team who would only lose two games, a, an Oak Park team that was undefeated, and and well, Truman went up, they only won one game. But yeah. when you take those teams out of five and, you know, and, you know, Fort Osage isn't quite as good as they were last year. Platte County's young, the talented. Grain Valley's a really good football team. You kind of, you know, there's only – you know, the, the two districts uh, and, and the other district was matching up with, with Web City, you know, yeah. that the had them. And so, you know, I watched a lot of that game on Friday night when I wasn't watching the Blue Valley. I had one on the, on the computer and one on the TV um, and Grand Valley came out and, you know, they got stopped early and, you know, kind of gave up the first touchdown and they were matching touchdowns. And then with about six minutes to go in the second quarter, they got a stop on Web City. They get the ball. They Ty Williams. They, they Web City was gonna try and stop Ty Williams. He still had 100 plus yards and three touchdowns, and was and was nicked up. I mean, he was getting up and limping a lot of times from that ankle that he injured the week before. Uh, but Grain Valley adjusted. They went to their play action passing game. Sal Calvarello had a, a good run. They hit a tight end on a with about th- three minutes to go. They hit a tight end on a little um, just out route on a play action. Tight end gets to the edge, goes all the way down, gets inside the five. Is trying to do what you want a kid to do trying to get in the end zone to whatever he can do. Yeah. Fumbles the ball. It goes into the end zone. Web City recovers it. They get the ball at the 20. They go down and score. It makes it 21-14. Web City gets the ball to start the second half. They score to make it 28-14. Grain Valley kept getting within one score, kept getting one score. 
they were late in the fourth quarter down a score with the ball uh, in their own end and they turned it over on downs and Webb City punched one more in there at the end to make it uh, 49-35. So it looks like it's a lot worse than it was. That was pretty much a one score the entire game. Um, it's disheartening. I know that is uh, for Grain Valley to have that fumble. There was plenty of other opportunities defensively they could have got a stop. So it's not on, on the kid trying to make things happen. Uh, just to, it's just something that happens. And and when you're in a tight game, that one one thing that doesn't go your way can be the difference. And that kind of wasn't that game. But great season for Grain Valley. Ty Williams had a fantastic year. Um, finishes with 24 and change, 24-85 maybe. Wow. 35 touchdowns, I think. Wow. Um, another uh, 400 and uh, or 385 yards receiving and five touchdowns. So real, like within a hundred yards of 3000 total yards uh, and, and, and per touch average that's off the charts. Cause he averaged 10 yards a carry and averaged 32 yards a reception. So every time he touched the ball, it was a first down wow. on average for Grand Valley. So that's pretty special. Um, you know, that every, person. every time he touches the ball that they were, they were averaging a plus 10. Yeah. Um, in class five in Kansas City, yeah, in Kansas not, City. not playing where there's a lot of cupcakes, and then and, and his yeah. biggest games came against Platt County, came against you know Oak Park. I mean, mm-hmm. not bad teams, so you know, that's the he had a he had a great season, much like Dunn, who's another front runner for Smoke. Yeah, and we were talking earlier. I mean, one of those two is going to have just historic numbers and great season, and unfortunately, one of them had won't be able to uh host uh hoist the uh simone award trophy where in a lot of years i think they one or the other might be a yeah. lock they weren't going up against each other um all right let's um take class a look at, we, we joked class six uh nick jacobs our producer joked that we should just have a game day out there uh i just said that too through. yeah because it's the only game in town semifinal game on friday it's liberty north and it's uh rockers a rematch from earlier in the season uh both these teams are just playing Lights out football. Liberty North got him big early on, but that was a long time ago. Who do you like in this one? I got to lean towards Liberty North um, because I got him the first time. That big, I I feel like it'll either look it like was, it did it last both time. games will have been at Rockers, right? Is yes. that Rockers last time at Rockers this time? I don't know. I I'm with you. I, is there someone we can openly campaign to do, do game day? I mean, I, you know, I could throw yeah. a camera up and stream it, but that's not gonna look that's gonna look like crap. You, you we have celebrity listen. pickers from each uh each school. Oh yeah. We can do all that stuff. Throw that Liberty together. Liberty new, but Rockers got plenty of famous alums. David Cohn, can he come back? Uh, he's probably does he live in New York full time? I don't know. Was it Tim funny. Ryan, right? Was uh, Tim Ryan was another guy who played in the NFL. How about we just uh, we'll just grab uh, Tony Temple? How about that? He's Tony around. Temple, Michael Rose Ivy. He's around. Yeah, <laughs> former, he is too. Yeah, former Nebraska guy. The, yeah, the the uh, the T hands. There's got to be a T hand floating around somewhere. Probably T hand still playing. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's uh, I would love to do a game day, and you, even if you didn't want to do it on the field because it's going to be kind of chilly, they've got that great building that overlooks. It's got the yeah. glass <laughs> that overlooks the end zone uh no it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy uh, you know you if you want to go that game on Friday, it's the only game in town i don't it's know if you, only you can game. make plans to go to that it's got to be sold out by now right you got to be sneaking in you got to be in one of the houses around there in the top of the parking garage or something I, like that <clears throat> i used to work in american century and they had a building over in the burns they shared parts of the burns of mcdonald uh, building uh late 90s early 2000s and and you could go up on the third floor of that and look down into it yeah it was great. I think I did that a couple of Friday nights when I was working nights and 
when I get something to eat, go up on the third floor and watch a little football. It wasn't a great view, but you could see you could see it in the stadium. But no, it's you know you got you've got a Rockers team that's that's throwing the ball better now. Um, Ethan Hansen is really that part of his game has uh, exploded. I think I think Bicklemeyer and the other kid who are the receivers have done a fantastic job. They've gotten better. The confidence in the passing game has gotten better, so they'll hit you over the top. They still want to run at you with Aiden Ryan and Coppinger will come in and get some big plays. Uh, he plays both ways for them. Uh, this linebacker and, and you know the of course Andrew Sprague. Um, you know they beat they beat a Nixon team last week that, that had a big time lineman of their own, Jackson Cantwell, Christian Cantwell's son yeah. was on that in that game. And uh, no, uh, Rocker's playing great. Uh, Liberty North is playing great. Uh, you know a lot of the highlights I got out of Liberty North last week were just them running up mm-hmm. the gut. Yeah, just like we're going to come at you with Micah Joe Barnett and. Corey Love, and we're going to come at you right up the middle because what that's what we can do. Now, Brock's a little different. You know, it, it, it could look a lot like the game last year when it was 10-7 Liberty North. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got two guys who call defense who are really good, uh, yeah. and Greg Oder and Andy Learman. Uh, uh, they, you know, it's it's a it, it's a it's it's a great game, great coaching staffs. You know, two teams that have been dominant all season. It's long. heavy. It's heavyweight, man. It's heavyweight. It's heavyweights. Yeah, it's it's what you'd hope. Um, I feel like whoever wins this game is going to be the favorite to win the state championship. As I say, on the other side, you got CBC and Deschmet, uh, rinse and repeat. It seems like with those two teams, uh, each and every I don't know. Year, I think CBC. Uh, what do you make of that one? Deschmet only beat Rockbridge by seven, and yeah. Park Hill South beat Rockbridge to start the season. I, I and I know. Smith hammered CBC pretty good in the regular season. I, I hate to sit there and act like they're not good, um, or they're just kind of me. You know, there's kind of average football teams this year. But I don't. I have not gotten the sense from the people in St. Louis that this, these are world beater CBC and Smith teams. I, you know, we do the rankings, and uh, there was a team out of St. Louis called Seckman was undefeated mm-hmm. and ranked all year long and got crushed in the first round or second round of the playoffs by 30. And I had made the statement when Lee Summit West was winning games early on, they hadn't yet perked into some people's rankings. I'm like, guys, Lee Summit West may be the fourth or fifth best team in the city. And I think they would beat the Seckman team who we've got ranked like eighth by like yeah. 40, <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I just think it was a deep year. Um, yeah. Lee Summit North Liberty, North Rock, um, Oak Park, Lee Summit West finished just one loss. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and you got you got teams like uh, like a Park Hill who was a below five hundred team. Yeah, that was playing with Oak Park. I mean, it, there are years where we're top heavy, and there's years where we're we're pretty deep. And you know, um, you know, Blue Spring Blue Spring South didn't win a lot of games. They were young, but they you know they like Blue Spring South played with everybody. Mm-hmm. Park Hill South was Park Hill South was the team that played with everybody. Staley played type, you know you know, was leading Oak Park in that game. I mean, a Staley team, I think a lot of people thought would be pretty good just because of the talent level of everybody in class yeah. six. You know, how about Liberty? Liberty was pretty – I mean, Liberty would probably get on the other side of the bracket and do a lot of damage. Sure. I mean, they may be the sixth best team. <laughs> it, yeah. go, it goes back to a year, Tom Cruise's famous story, um, the second year Blue Springs – that was uh, 2013. Blue Springs would beat Rockbridge in the state championship game. Ray Peck played them in like week five or six. And Tom's walking off the field and he sees the AD from Rockbridge. And Tom was the AD too. So he knows him pretty well. Comes over and shakes his hand. Shakes his hand. He goes, you got a great team there. I'm, I'm, we'll probably see you in the state championship game. And Tom goes, 
Okay. And he says, I'm walking away going, I'm the sixth best team in my town. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's one of these years. Right, yeah, <laughs> Kansas yeah. City. It's good to get back to that. Cause there were so yeah. many of those about 20 years ago, right? Kind of the turn of the century where there's so many times, uh, you know, all the state games, the Kansas City teams would go over to St. Louis, right, every year, and we'd come back with four or five trophies. Yeah, I, I think, it. you know, there was that 10-year run from, uh, I'd say, 2000 to, well, 2015. In those 15 years, with the exception of DeSmet, um, two Hazelwood Central teams, and did a CBC sneak in there? No, they did not. They didn't sneak in until after that. Um no, there was one CBC in there, with the exception. In, in those sixteen seasons, Blue Springs, Blue Springs South, or Rockers won the state championship or played for the state championship, pretty much yeah. for the most part. Uh, the Smet knocked Rock out one year in the semis, and it was all St. Louis. Um, so no, it, it we're hopefully getting back to that. And as Class Six gets bigger, I mean, I think you're going to see some traditional teams start to rise back up. I mean, I, I feel I feel like a lot of the teams that were down this year are going to be bounce back teams next year. Yeah. You're and you're rocking your Liberty North, and at least some North aren't going anywhere. So yeah, there'll be yeah. some be some 500 teams you wouldn't want to play in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, best of luck to all the teams out there. Hopefully, Kansas City can get all the wins possible out there and bring back as many trophies as possible this week in in Kansas and next week in uh, Missouri. Hey, let's let's get to it on Sunday, Dion. You're going to be on KSHB 41. We're going to be revealing the final four. Yes. Uh, in each category of the Simone Awards, tell us about that. Well, we get the ballot out as as you are watching this right now. People are voting. I voted. Yeah. Uh, Make has already voted. I have not. Um, we've got 10 for each, for each, uh, category. Um, and it's, uh, we'll just run through them. We'll start with this, the Simone award. Um, the video is out there on our site, the site, the story's out there on our site and as well as the Simone site, you've got it. And these are alphabetical order, alphabetical order, uh, Dylan Dunn, the quarterback from blue eye Southwest, Wesley Edison, the quarterback from free state, Ethan Hansen, the quarterback from Rockhurst, Aiden Hinkle, the quarterback from Oak park. There's a theme here. Elijah Leonard, the quarterback from Lee summit North Bryce Nornberg, quarterback from late to South. Raven Powell, the quarterback from Gardner Edgerton. Uh, McGuire Richmond, the linebacker, kicker, punter, tight end. He has four uh, from Blue Valley. Uh, Jay Sean Ross, defensive end, wide receiver, and noted kick blocker uh, from Liberty North, who's blocked like five kicks, uh, scored on all three phases of the game <laughs> this year for Liberty North. And then, of course, Ty Williams uh, from Grain Valley. That's a pretty interesting group with a lot of quarterback. In a year where I felt like we had a lot of – we were run, running back dominated – yeah, especially at the, the the class six level, a lot of good quarterbacks that do a lot of different things because Edison and uh, Leonard and um, Hinkle and um, Nornberg are really big dual threat guys. You know, yeah. like thousand yard rushers. Yeah, uh, and and you see that. So that that was a good group, and, and Leonard wasn't a thousand yard rusher, but uh, no, that's that's kind of the thing there. And then the, you know, of course, Dunn is your classic drop back guy, and Hanson's kind of a dual threat guy. So you know. Uh, that's that group there. What do you think? And the, the, having seen highlights of pretty much all, all of those guys, or seen like Nuremberg played well against you guys too. You you were pretty impressed when you when you guys played him. Oh, absolutely. I, and I've seen Nuremberg since the sophomore year. Uh, I think it was uh, maybe uh, Mill Valley kind of ushered in his existence to varsity <laughs> football because I think they hurt the uh, the uh, the knocked the guy out that was ahead of him when he was a sophomore. And um, and he's been their starter ever since. He is he, he is he is fast, and he's got a PWO, I believe, from KU. Uh, he was he was their punter, which they ran yeah. a fake punt against us. Wasn't even close. So I'm like, yeah, we <laughs> probably need to you know, contain there. Every time he's punting, I don't care how far it is, fourth and whatever. Uh, heck of a player. I've seen uh, so many of these guys. It, it's funny. I mean, it's like 
um, no coaches are ever going to, they're going out to win games, right? They're never out to like this, this we got to get this kid a Simone award this yeah. year. So there's, there's so many athletes out there who have good numbers, okay numbers and everything, but are winning, right? And you, so there's all the boxes you want checked. You want the numbers, you want uh, the winners, you want the eye test, all that stuff. Um, and so that's kind of how the Simone award goes. And, and, and it's not always the highest recruited kid, right. That wins it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's not always, it's uh, a lot of times the guy that's the best high school season. And, and what I like about the Simone awards is that coaches from all over Kansas City, Missouri, everybody's voting media members from all over. Everybody's voting. It's a big, big swath. Yeah. And it's so a, more it's... times than not, we narrow it down and get the right guy that kind of checks all those boxes, or at least the guy where you can't really push back and say, no, he does not deserve uh, to win it. And so uh, this year, I, I mean, my, my opinion, I think there's two kind of clear cut favorites. And, um, and, and, and again, they're not the most in, in Williams and Dunn. I don't think they're the most highly recruited guys. They're definitely not out there, but they've had great seasons and led their teams to great seasons. And, and, uh, and heck maybe, maybe they're not the two, favorites there's 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 guys out there like an elijah leonard or like a you know the edison or normberg or um i'm, I'm always big on the the two-way guys like you know ross, ross from, and uh, richmond from uh liberty north and mcguire richmond and it's harder these days right to play both ways because there's a ton of guys that can do it your coach is going to let you do it because yeah. they want to be healthy and fresh for the uh fourth quarter but whenever you know, those players can break through, especially at the big class level and play both ways. I'm always partial to those guys. So I think it's a good mix, good mix of guys. All right, let's do Fontana. We got Hudson Bailey. Um, we got two Bailey. Oh, we're here. going through all these? Yeah, um, we can do it real quick. We, we do right. most of them, I want to get these out there so, so people. Hudson Bailey, quarterback, quarterback from uh, Pius. He's a sophomore. Hunter Bailey, running back from Adrian Sr. Uh, Declan Battle, senior quarterback from Lewisburg. Braden Bush, senior running back and linebacker from Pleasant Hill. Colton Bruceman. A running back from senior running back for Tonganoxie, Trey Carter, senior quarterback from Atchison, Cameron Emmons, senior running back from Kearney, Kobe Westfall, junior quarterback from Warrensburg, Caleb Scott, senior wide receiver, D back and returner for Baser Linwood, and Cam's on the senior from quarterback from St. Michael. That's a good group, too. There we got a uh, almost 2,000 yard rusher, and uh, Bailey Battle was a thousand yard rusher and you know, thrower. Um, we got Bush who plays both ways. Uh, of course, the Hudson Bailey kid put up school record numbers as a sophomore yeah. for Pius. So that's a good group yeah. there. And and that's always a good group. Uh, this is what I like to call the future NFL uh, award, the Buchanan. Uh, so here are the guys here, Brett Carroll, senior defensive lineman late the East, Tommy Coppinger, senior defensive uh, linebacker from Rockers, Mark Dibiak, senior defensive end for Gardner Edgerton, Gus Hawkins, the aforementioned offensive lineman uh, from Mill Valley, Melvin Laster, the two-time winner has a chance to be the first three-time winner of any of these awards. Uh, the uh, senior linebacker from Liberty North, Dawson Merritt, junior defensive end linebacker from Blue Valley, Kamari Moore, the junior defensive tackle from Lee Summit North, Williams Boneri, senior defensive end from Lee Summit North, Andrew Sprague, the senior offensive line from Rockhurst, and Jaden Woods, the junior defensive end from Mill Valley. That's the group where they they have – you could stack up the offers yeah, of, of so that group. I, I mean, you've got some – Probably on average 25 per kid. Yeah, most highly recruited guys in that group. And that that has been yeah. the strength of what we've seen come out of Kansas City the last few years. Yeah. Is that group right there, and Absolutely. and then you know you go on to the Bell. That group that that group's got some guys who are going to get some offers too. Uh, Braden Bush, senior linebacker. We talked about him for the Fontana from Pleasant Hill. Spencer Dom, senior linebacker St. James. Theo Grace, junior linebacker from Kearney. Ashton Moore, junior linebacker from Lewisburg. Derek Joyner, 
senior offensive line, defensive line from Grandview. He's a guy who's getting a lot of offers. Caden Munson, senior guard, defensive end from Lafayette County. Carl Moley, junior linebacker from Pius. Kean Payne, senior defensive tackle from St. Thomas Aquinas. Jeremy Schleicher, senior offensive lineman from Bishop Mays. And then Bo Smith, junior offensive and defensive lineman from Chillicothe, who was uh, at the Mizzou game doing a visit uh, last <laughs> Saturday night. So you see him. And then the one that's probably the deepest uh, this year is the Otis Taylor, best uh, wide receiver tight end that we didn't really have a tight end this year who kind of fit that bill. We have been pretty good with tight ends the last few years. Aiden Bruce, uh, senior wide receiver, played some running back too for Olathe North. Uh, Tate Everard, senior wide receiver, Blue Valley Southwest. Lexton Grafke, senior wide receiver from Lansing. Isaiah Holthouse, senior wide receiver from Tonganoxie. Holthouse had some of the the most fun stats, like 32 catches, 14 touchdowns, yeah, about every other 800 yards, averaging, yeah. you know, 20 yards a catch. Uh, you know, so he really uh, was a big play guy. Tommy Hutzler, senior or junior wide receiver uh, from St. Pius. Bryce Lasaka, the senior wide receiver from Park Hill. Isaiah Mosey, I think a lot of people know that name, the junior wide receiver from Lee Summit North. Crew Myers, here's another great stat. Crew Myers, Blue Valley West, 1,000-yard receiver, had half of their receiving yards by himself. Wow. That's the one that, that, that stuck out for me. Alex Parks, of course, senior wide receiver from Blue Eye Southwest, and Keelan Smith, the senior wide receiver from Liberty North. That group and the Buchanan group are are ones. If you are fans of college football, you're going to be seeing a lot of those kids playing on Absolutely. on Saturday, and, and who knows beyond that? Because we've got some Bell winners who are uh, catching patches passes in the uh, NFL right now, or some Taylor winners right. who are doing that. It's been like an hour, Dion. We got to go. I know. I got other people. Get... It's a holiday weekend. They got to get the bird in. Right, they got to get the stuffing going, all that stuff. So we'll let them go. Yep, it's a Sorry, lot. We got a lot to get in, though. We got a lot. This is a big week. A lot going on. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll see you next week, right here on Snap Tackle Pod.